I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. Now this is part two of our conversation with Stephen M R Covey, and we are talking now of understanding trust and inspiration. In the first part, we spoke about trust and we dissected it. So do make sure you listen to that episode before you come and listen to this one. Enjoy, Mr. Covey. You know we were talking about the corporate world, right? In, yes. In work, in business, right? Your new book talks about. Exactly this, right? We are talking about trust as the new style of management. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, my whole premise of this new book—the new book is called "Trust and Inspire." I'm really excited about it, and the subtitle is "How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others." And the premise is that the world all around us is changing, and it has changed, and is changing right in front of our eyes because. Today, the work is far more collaborative than ever before, far more interdependent, far more team-based, far more service-oriented. The nature of the workplace has changed, where now there's people could work from home or do remote work or hybrid work or intentionally flexible work. The nature of the workforce has changed, where we have all these new generations, as many as five generations at work, and the younger generations in particular, Gen Z and Millennials and, and this upcoming alpha generation have completely different expectations of how they want to be engaged. And suddenly there's more choices and options that people have to, you know, live here and work there because of this new world. So the world has changed and yet our style of leadership has not, or at least it's not kept pace with this changing world. Most of us, and the data is overwhelming on this, still operate kind of in the old model of leadership what I call command and control. And, you know, it's more of a top-down kind of hierarchical type of thing. Now, look, we've become better at it. We've become more advanced, more sophisticated. We've added dimensions to it like emotional intelligence and strengths and mission and trustworthiness, good things. But our paradigm of how we view people and how we view leadership is still operating out of the old model more of a command and control model. So I say that we've become an enlightened command and control, <laughs> better than authoritarian command and control, but still not tapping into the greatness inside of people, not seeing that. So we need to cross the chasm from command and control into what I call trust and inspire, as opposed to command and control, where you see the potential inside of people, inside of everyone. And you see that your job as a leader is to unleash people's potential, not to try to contain and control them. You see people as whole people, having a body and a heart and a mind and a spirit. So your job as a leader is not to just motivate, but to inspire. And, uh, you know, motivation is external, extrinsic. So carrot and stick, you know, rewards. And do rewards work? Sure. They motivate people to want to get more rewards. But it's external stimuli. It's always outside of you. You just got to constantly provide more more carrots, more sticks to make sure that you move people. By contrast, inspiration is internal. It's intrinsic. It's inside of people. So you light the fire within. And that fire, when lit, can burn on for months, if not years, without the need of new external stimuli. So inspiring is a higher level than merely motivating. And in nothing wrong with motivation. It's just limited. What if we could move into inspiration? And so this is a new way of seeing people. They're whole people with greatness inside of them versus 
They're just economic beings that only care about money. So motivation is sufficient. And most people don't have greatness. A few high potentials do, but you got to control most people. No, that's missing the point. There's so much more potential inside of people. And we're not unleashing it. We're not tapping into it. We got to do that as leaders. So what I'm saying is in this new world of work where everything has changed, how are we going to win the war for talent and attract and retain the best people and bring out the best in people? We've got to lead in a new way and command and control won't get us there. You can't command and control your way to a high trust culture that inspires people won't work. You can't command and control your way to real collaboration and innovation. You won't get there, but you can trust and inspire your way to those things. And people today don't want to be managed. People want to be led. They want to be trusted. They want to be inspired. So that's the premise behind this book is that a new world of work requires a new way to lead and command and control doesn't work anymore, but trust and inspire does. And then we talk about how we can become a trust-inspired leader and kind of a a roadmap of becoming that kind of leader that's going to unleash the greatness that's inside of people. So that's the idea, the premise of the book, is that we need to lead in a new way today to really tap into what's possible. Amazing. You know, while you were talking, I was remembering learning this ages ago that all our corporate structures came out from World War II and the wars because people came out of these wars learning that a hierarchy structure or your command kind of structure is the only way to get stuff done. That's when the Industrial Revolution started and all of that. And that is basically what we've had all this while. So we've basically been working in companies that are, for lack of a better word, militant in nature. The military-based instead of something else, because we are not like an army. You're precisely right, um, Ashton, is that our models come from a different world in a different time. Either the Industrial Revolution, you know, with scientific management, or the military model, but either way, it's a form of command and control. Even the words right. command and control are the military model words. And But they came out of a different time and a different era, a different world. It's not our world today. Today, it's, you know, there's change, there's disruption, disruptive technologies, all these things that are changing everything. And we got to adapt and respond fast and command and control where you're waiting for orders and waiting for people to tell you what to do won't get you there. And we've got to move fast and nothing is as fast as the speed of trust and nothing is as agile as a culture of trust. And then also where this new world today where people have choices and options to move wherever they want and to, you know, to live here and work there. How are we going to attract the best people? How are we going to retain them, keep them? How are we going to engage them? How are we going to inspire them? Well, command and control, the old model, not going to do it. So trust and inspire is a new way to lead. So I'm trying to not only say what we have to move away from, which is command and control, but what we need to move toward, trust and inspire. And again, it comes from the premise that if you hire great people then and knowledge workers, then you need to trust them. <laughs> you need to kind of, it's not a blind trust, it's a smart trust, but you believe in them and you give them opportunities and, and you extend that trust to them. I, you know, it's interesting. I worked with a company out of India, Fractal Analytics, an artificial intelligence company that's headquartered, I believe, in Mumbai and New York City both two headquarters, mm-hmm. great organization. And their founders, Pranay and Srikant, brilliant 
business leaders, brilliant people. And they created their values. And one of their values, they described this way, they had four values, and here's one of them. Extend extreme trust. Extend extreme trust. And their whole point was, we've got to challenge ourselves on how trusting we can be. And so they didn't just say extend trust. They said extend extreme trust. And their whole point was challenge yourself. Maybe you could become a lot more trusting than you think with your own people, with each other. Let's extend extreme trust because they want to bring out the best in people. When people are trusted, they rise to the occasion. They perform better. They're more creative. They're more innovative. And the, the data shows they're more productive and they return the trust. They reciprocate. They give it back to you. It becomes a virtuous upward spiral. When we withhold the trust with others, they tend to withhold it back with us too. They don't trust us as much. So we need to become more trusting, not just be trustworthy as leaders, but also trusting as leaders, both. And too often there's trustworthy people working together. They're trustworthy. They have character, they have competence, but they're not trusting of each other. And so there's no trust between trustworthy people because they're not willing to give it to each other. So we got to both earn the trust and give the trust. We have to be both trustworthy and trusting to have trust. And I think the greater gap is that we're not trusting enough is our part of our leadership style. So this whole book is about how we become more trusting and how also we as leaders can inspire those around us. That inspiring others is a learnable skill. It's not just for the charismatic. Everyone can inspire. It's learnable. And and kind of we map out a path of how we can, as a leader, become more inspiring. So that's where leadership is going, towards trust. Amazing. I definitely want to deep dive into inspiration and inspiring. Beautiful. You said extreme trust. I got goosebumps and like my stomach went a little queasy. I was like, what do you mean by extreme trust? That means that you don't check up on them. You don't right, recheck the presentation that they've made. What is it that you, how would you define that extreme trust? Yeah. Right? Now, again, this is their fractal analytics, their value. But what they told me is that it's not that it's just kind of a blind trust where they just say, look, whatever you do, we just trust you. No. They build an agreement with their people. They build it together and they have clear expectations in the agreement around the trust being extended and they have an agreed upon process of accountability to that trust. So it's a smart trust. So when they extend trust to people, it's not a blind trust. It's a smart trust with expectations, with accountability. Here's the extreme part. The extreme part is not in that there's no expectations or accountability. That would not be smart. The extreme trust is saying, challenge yourself that maybe you can become more trusting in any and every relationship. Not without expectations and accountability, but maybe you could trust your colleague more. Maybe you could trust this department more. Maybe you could trust your direct reports more. Maybe you could trust your partners more and your customers more. Challenge yourself that we can become more trusting. And that's why they said, extend extreme trust, become more trusting. But the trust that you extend, you still do it in a smart way with expectations and accountability. So the extreme is the idea of go outside your comfort zone of who you could trust. 
But it's not in just give a blind trust with no expectations or accountability. That would it's not relegating everything. That would be abdication. So I like to say right. that the opposite of, of command and control is not trust and inspire. Trust and inspire is a third alternative. The opposite of command and control is abdicate and abandon. You know, there's no leadership there. There's no direction. There's no vision. There's no expectations, no accountability. It's just kind of, hey, whatever you do, that's not leadership. Trust and inspire is a third alternative. So if command and control is excessively hands-on, micromanagement, abdicate and abandon is excessively hands-off, trust and inspire is hand in hand. We're doing it with people, see? And we're partners. We trust each other. We have expectations and accountability to the trust that we've created. And we're true to that. See, low expectations inspire no one. So we still have high expectations. We have high accountability, but we choose to extend trust. That's the extreme thing is you can become more trusting than you think if you do it with expectations and accountability. And so it's pretty exciting. And the companies that are leading out with this, they're going to be more agile. They're going to be more entrepreneurial, more adaptive. They're going to be more innovative. There's overwhelming data, Ashton, that shows that high trust organizations are 11 times more innovative than low trust organizations because they're more willing to take a risk, even make a mistake and learn, you know, but it's fell fast, fell forward, fell often, but learn faster. You can't do that without trust. And so, again, it's just a more, it's a better way to lead in a new world of work that's more relevant for what's going on and for the, for the new reality and not the old industrial age model or the old military model. By the way, even the military is shifting towards a trust and inspire approach because the nature of wars today and, and conflict is, is far more you got to be more agile, more adaptive, more responsive. And the old bark out the orders doesn't work either there too. So even the military that invented the words command and control is moving towards a trust and inspire approach. You know, it's so interesting that you're saying this because there was a big shift that happened between World War One and World War Two, where World War One was all about trench warfare and you would put your troops out and the commanders would wait back in the trench. And in World War Two, in the British Army, there was this phrase saying that officers do not duck. That means if you're getting shot at, the officer is going to stand up tall and say, what are these bullets going past me? There is nothing that can harm me. And that was their way of showcasing or inspiring the troops to come out and, and fight as well. So it's interesting that I saw that, I noticed that change while you were talking between World War One and World War Two. No, that's beautiful. I love it. And that modeling, not ducking, see, you model, you go first. That does inspire people. We need to go to the next level, which is not only do we inspire people by our presence, but we also trust them. And, you know, because to be trusted is the most inspiring form of human motivation. It brings out the best in all of us. We perform better. And then we inspire also by connecting with people through caring and a sense of belonging that inspires. And we connect people to purpose and to meaning and to contribution that inspires. But that shift that you don't duck, that comes to the very first stewardship we have to model. And when we are a model, that inspires people. So that's part of the shift. We just have to complete it. I identify three stewardships of a trust and inspire leader. You model, you trust, and you inspire. Modeling is who we are. Trusting is how we lead. Inspiring is connecting to why it matters. 
So you model, you trust, you inspire. So inspiring is not about just follow me because I am awesome. It is actually guiding you saying that, look, you're inspired as a person because you believe in this bigger mission that this company has, or you believe in this bigger mission that our relationship has, right? That is what you're saying. You connect with that why of whatever is happening, which is where the inspiration comes from. Beautiful. Absolutely. And this is kind of a paradigm shift. We've too often operated under the premise that that uh, to inspire, you got to be charismatic and that only, you know, that you got to have charisma and the like. And, and someone might say, hey, I'm not a charismatic person. How am I going to inspire anyone? No, let's separate charisma from inspiration. Ashton, I know some people who are charismatic, but who are not inspiring. I know other people who no one would describe as charismatic, but who are extraordinarily inspiring because of who they are and how they connect and how they care and how they love and how they also lead and and connect people to purpose. So they're different. Charisma and inspiration. Everyone can inspire. It's a learnable skill. And how do we do it? Well, you inspire when you model, you know, no ducking. You inspire when you model, you go first. You inspire when you trust people. So the very first two stewardships, modeling and trusting, will inspire people. But what really brings people home on this and makes it work is when you connect with people through a sense of caring and belonging. And so they get a sense of identity from being on the team. They feel inspired being on the team. They know you care about them. They feel that. And the reason caring and belonging work is because people feel it. And like Maya Angelou said, I've learned, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And people feel the caring and the sense of belonging. So that will inspire them. But then you will inspire, and this point that you brought up, Ashton, you will inspire people when you connect people to purpose, to meaning, to contribution, to significance to leaving a legacy, to mattering. And, and so finding the ways to show how what we're doing and who they are and what we are, they overlap. It's called, I call it co-purposing, overlapping personal purpose and organizational purpose. And so the premise is that you can create and embed purpose, meaning, and contribution into almost any role, into almost any organization. If you're intentional about it, deliberate. Now, some organizations, it's easier. Like I worked with St. Jude Children's Medical Center and they cure childhood cancer. (laughs) They have enormous purpose. I mean, they're curing cancer of children. So it's easier to, to tap into that sense of purpose. But I've also seen organizations that, you know, an educational organization, Pepperdine University and their, their school of business and they change their purpose from producing leaders who are best in the world to become this. That their purpose is to producing leaders who are best for the world. Best for the world leaders. Amazing. Wow, now you're tapping into a sense of purpose. It not only inspires me as a professor, but it inspires me as a staff member, me as the janitor. What am I doing? I'm about producing best for the world leaders. Johnsonville Sausage is a company, they, they make the sausage and there's a joke that 
No one wants to see how the sausage is made, you know, but they're the ones that do this. But they tap into purpose by saying this. Their, their founder, Ralph Sayer, says this. He says, in most companies, the people exist to serve the company. At Johnsonville, our company is all about serving, it exists to develop our people. They just turned it around and in the process, tapping into enormous purpose. And so, you know, finding your why as a leader, as an individual, when you become inspired yourself, you find your fire is lit. When you have a lit candle, you can light a lot of other candles. But when your fire has gone out, then, you know, when your candle is extinguished, you can't light anyone else's fire. So the very first part of inspiring another, become inspired yourself. Find your why. Then you can help others find theirs. Then you can, once they find theirs, then you can help them see that the company's purpose might overlap with their purpose. Maybe a little, maybe a lot. And the more of that overlap, the greater the sense of, I'm on fire being as part of this company. So you're trying to connect people to purpose, to meaning, to contribution. That's learnable. We can do this as leaders. We can get better at this. So my takeaway is everyone can inspire. It's a learnable skill. Amazing. All right, we're going to come back to the podcast after a quick break. Welcome back to the Habit Coach Podcast. Let's continue. Amazing. And you spoke about two completely different industries altogether. Yes. Do you see there are some industries that suffer from complete lack of trust, like that it's difficult or like, you know, might, you might have worked with companies that exist in industries where the entire industry is plagued with this problem of no trust, no inspiration. Yes. There's some industries that tend to be kind of really heavy command and control, really heavy top down and just kind of barking out orders versus extending trust. And sometimes it can happen in any industry, but there's some industries that tend to be a little bit more that way. And sometimes they view it, you know, like some manufacturing companies say, we're in the industrial age still. But I'm going to argue that even for a manufacturing company, it's become a knowledge, knowledge manufacturing. It's different. There's still more service brought into it, more collaboration, more teaming, more intelligence. In, in this new world today. And, and there's so many changes with all this disruption going on with technologies that even there, we need to become more trust and inspire. And, and that's maybe, you're, you're highlighting kind of uh, one of the barriers to becoming trust and inspire is that you say, hey, this sounds really good, Stephen. You know, and Ashton, this trust and inspire sounds like a good idea, but you don't know my company or you don't know my industry. You know, in other words, it won't, this won't work here. <laughs> it might work somewhere else, but it won't work here. That's one of the first barriers that people see when they hear this is they say, I like this, but it's not going to work at my company or not going to work in my industry. We're command and control. And I acknowledge that might be the reality that that's a starting point. But what if you were to become a model of trust and inspire in a command and control world? And show that there's another way to do it that's better, where you can get results and do it in a way that grows the people. You can get results, but also build trust and inspiration. And so it's not either or, it's and. And and if you become a model and your performance is there, but look at your engagement scores. They're higher than anyone's. Why? Because of how you're leading. And you're demonstrating 
there's a better way to do this than the old model. You're trying to show that there's another way of doing this. And so we need models. We need mentors. And models can become mentors. And so rather than say, this won't work here, what if you say, I'm going to become a model of a trust and inspire team? Maybe my boss is command and control. Maybe my industry is command and control. But I'm going to be trust and inspire and I'm going to model. First model, then mentor, and see that spread and ripple out. So there's still the opportunities in front of all of us within our circle of influence to, to lead out on this and you know not wait on any, anybody else. And so don't let the idea that this won't work here stop you from saying, it may not be the starting place, but I'm going to give a model. We need models who can become mentors. This is so, so powerful because... I see people who are constantly searching for different forms of motivation. Right? I want more money. I want a, a bigger designation, a different designation, more responsibility. But actually, it is these two aspects. Are you inspired when you wake up in the morning to go to work? And do you trust that the company has your best interests that actually make a difference in everything? Totally. The other is almost hygiene, but this is what actually makes the difference between you and everybody else. Absolutely. Like you say, it's more than the hygiene. This is root cause. This is fundamental. It's foundational to what is inside of people, to be trusted, to be inspired. Again, I come back to this idea. Today, people don't want to be managed. People do want to be led. They want to be trusted. They want to be inspired. All of us do. So here's what I would ask our listeners and our viewers, and you as well, Ashton. Think of a person in your life to all our listeners and viewers, think of someone in your life who believed in you, who had confidence in you. Maybe they believed in you more than you believed in yourself, who saw something great inside of you, who maybe took a chance on you, maybe gave you an opportunity. Maybe you didn't feel ready for it. They said, no, you're ready. You can do this. I got your back. I believe in you. You've got this. And again, they helped you come to believe in yourself. They saw something in you you didn't see yet but they helped you come to see it. For me, it was my father, you know, Dr. Stephen R. Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits. And before he was this great author and teacher, he was a trust and inspire parent to me. He believed in me, helped me come to believe in myself. He helped me see myself differently. I was capable, I was responsible. I could live up to this. And I became that person. He treated me according to my potential, not just my behavior. And I rose to my potential instead of living down to my behavior. You know, it helped me come to believe in myself. So I ask all of us, who has been such a person to you? Could be someone at work. It could be someone at home, in the community, in any aspect of life, a coach, a mentor, a friend, family member, leader, but someone who believed in you, who saw your potential, saw your greatness, a person who trusted and inspired you. So I ask if everyone would think of someone like this, then I would ask, who was that person? What did that kind of belief do for you? How did you feel? How did you see yourself differently because of this person? And what have you become because of them? And I would just ask, isn't this what we all want? This kind of leadership? What if we could become this kind of leader for others, for those around us? Where just like someone has been a trust inspire figure in our life, what if we could become such a figure in the lives of others, of our children, of our friends, of our families, of our direct reports, and see the potential, the greatness inside of them in a smart way, 
and unleash it. So I think it's in front of us. I think we know this intuitively because most of us, if not all, have had someone like this, one person, maybe multiple people. And if you haven't, then maybe you could be the catalyst to become this person for another. And so that's you know, a, a reflective way of thinking about this is the kind of leadership that we really all crave and want today. And with such a leader, you don't need to be managed because you're being led. And it brings out the best in us. We rise to the occasion. We do our best work. So let's be this kind of leader for others. That's the kind of leadership needed today. Awesome. Awesome. Mr. Kavi, you're doing a workshop here in Mumbai and in India, right? Yes. Uh, this is a masterclass that you're doing. A masterclass on this very trust and inspire leadership, how great leaders build trust and become this trust inspired leader, build a trust inspired team and culture. And we're going to take on the fundamental beliefs of becoming a trust inspired leader. There's five of them. You know, I'll just give you an example of two of them. People have greatness inside of them. You know, I believe that people have greatness inside of them. So my job as a leader is to unleash their potential, not to contain or control them. I believe that people are whole people, body, heart, mind, spirit. So my job as a leader is to inspire, not merely motivate. You know, that's how I view people, how I view leadership, similar thing. So we take on these five fundamental beliefs. We talk about the three stewardships. A stewardship is a job with a trust. It's a responsibility we have. I believe that leadership is stewardship. It's about rights. It's about responsibilities, not rights. Influence, not position. So we model, we trust, we inspire. So yes, we're going to kind of, we're going to make the case as to why we need to lead in a new way in this new world, how command and control is going to become increasingly irrelevant in this new world of work and how trust inspires a better way. So we'll, we'll make the case as to why. But we'll spend the bulk of the time on how we become trust and inspire, how we adopt the fundamental beliefs of a trust and inspire leader, the paradigm. And then we, we practice those three stewardships of modeling, trusting, inspiring, and how we overcome the barriers of this won't work here or the fear barriers of what if this doesn't work or what if I've been burned before or what if, you know, I don't know how to do this, <laughs> you know, and, or what if I'm, you know, not as confident as you think I am? <laughs> or what if I don't get the credit? You know, lots of different fear barriers. Or I don't know how to do Trust and Inspire. I don't know how to let go. Or this is who I am. I, my identity is found in my old model of leadership, which has been command and control. It's scaring everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like Marshall Goldsmith says, what got us here won't get us there. And the style of leadership that might have got us to where we are today it's not the style of leadership that's going to take us where we need to be tomorrow. And so we need to lead in a new way in this new world. And so we'll be kind of take on the barriers that get in the way and help everyone on a path, on a journey to become increasingly trust and inspire, even in a command and control industry or organization, you can be the model that becomes the mentor. You can go first. And so, yes, we're going to go in depth on this. I think it's on May 10th in Mumbai. I think, think at the Four Seasons. Lovely. And it's a more than a half day master class. And I'd love to see people there because I'll really try to give you not just a theory on this, but but a framework, a language, a process, pr practical tools. I've got these tools we'll give out and and these cards and ways of becoming trust and inspire in a command and control world. I think this is gonna be awesome. What kind of people should be coming for this? Are they business leaders? Are they managers? Are they what kind of people? Yeah, I would say that anyone 
in a role of responsibility and of leadership. And that includes obviously, you know, heads of departments and, and teams, team leaders, department leaders, division leaders, C-suite executives, you know, so clearly the C-suite and executives, but also department leaders and team leaders. And even people that don't necessarily lead people, but that are part of, you know, making things happen because this is a, you know, leadership is not a position. Leadership is a choice. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I'm responsible for people per se. I could be responsible for a process and for a system. We can all choose to be a leader. So anyone that sees themselves as a leader, I hope that's everyone. And so, but I think you'll find this really, really valuable and, and, um, and practical. That's superb. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes below so people can Fabulous. check it out, buy the tickets, etc. Yeah, and I'd love to meet people Mr. there. Mr. Kavi, this was amazing. I look forward to meeting you when you're in Mumbai. So hopefully that will happen as well. I would love that. So Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the Habit Coach Podcast. It was absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Ashton. I love what you're doing with the Habit Coach. And uh, we're really kindred spirits. Absolutely. Doing the similar work where... You're all about helping people create the habits that will make them more effective in life, in business, in their communities. And I'm saying I have a similar approach. My focus is on trust and inspiration being the highest leverage way of increasing that effectiveness. But it's still all about creating those habits and those, you know, modeling those stewardships by turning them into habits of modeling, of trusting, of inspiring, getting good at this but we're kindred spirits trying to help elevate our world. And it starts by elevating ourselves and those around us and becoming this kind of leader, this kind of person, and letting that ripple out. Again, first model, then mentor. We're both trying to do a similar thing. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my friend. Thank you. Hope to see you in Mumbai. That for sure. Thank you so much. Now, if you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media via IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am at Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can also go to my website, awesome180.com. Now, I have just published my first book. It is called Change Your Habits, Change Your Life. Please do check it out on Amazon and wherever else you get your books. 